Man, those old days are gone, Strowman. Gone in the wind, and I tell you what, WWE seems to be uh, thinking they're more invested in the brain than the brawn. I guess. That's <laughs> it's it's weird. That that is a crazy release. Yes, folks, we have had another list of wwe shocking wwe releases yeah it's kind of like they held some of the bigger names uh for for later like like it's a pay-per-view card or something (laughs) right it's weird (laughs) it's um it's very strange and you know with with not much happening in the news and with a few uh, picks and everything coming up for pay per views and results and everything, do we want to put the uh, do we want to put the releases at the top of the show? Yeah, we can. Uh, we can the, do that. The I WWE, the, the big WWE ones, not yeah. not everything in the comings and goings. We still got other stuff, but yeah, you know, I think uh, maybe we could do that because, as you said, WWE officially future endeavored multiple top stars. In this latest round of budget cuts, these people part- who they were using currently, like Alistair Black, just date. Well, yeah, sorry, I'm jumping. <laughs> but yeah, it's like we we had a round of cuts in mid-April, round of cuts in mid-May. Then we had a number of significant office and corporate departures at the end of May that were part of what they called a quote major WWE headquarter restructuring, and. Um, Although I do believe the majority of those were replaced with people. They weren't just cut. They were, you know, yeah, replaced. Yeah, we, covered, we covered a lot of the replacements. For sure. But, yeah, I, I suppose you, you started it, Pasty, and I, I guess we can just knock this out in alphabetical order. Start with one of the the biggest names that was uh, surprising WWE let go, but good for anyone else, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very, I think anybody else would be very happy to hear that Alistair Black will be on the market. Yes, real name Alexander Wolf. Well, not his real know. name, but his 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 shoot name before WWE. Oh, Tommy End. His work name. Tommy End was what I got this week. Okay. So yeah. Uh, he signed with WWE in 2016. He wasn't involved in any storylines for the last 6 months. Who returned in April with new vignettes after being repackaged on SmackDown as the Dark Father, which is basically like scary fiend guy. Once they I'm took fiend out after glad Mania. I didn't know anything about that. <laughs> they just to he, be well, honest. they had these cool segments where it was like he's reading from this book and it actually goes into like an animated, like a storytelling. So I don't know exactly how to explain it, but it was weird, kind of like claymationy animation. Where the book pay- pictures on the book pages move and shit. I don't know. It was that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he leaves WWE as a one-time NXT champion and the 2019 Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic winner with Ricochet, whom he debuted to the main roster in a tag team with, because that made a lot of sense. Right. His wife, Zelina Vega, was released in late 2020, but has been rumored to have been rehired. There's no word yet on if WWE plans to bring her back. That'd be funny if they hired her back, and then they're like, oh, but we're firing your husband now. Bitch! I know, WWE gets so weird about that shit sometimes. It's like, I... 
I, I just don't even know what to think, just to be honest. <laughs> I just don't know what to think when they... uh over there, dude. It's, it's like, which way is the wind blowing? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's kind of... Because, yeah, because I honestly thought Zelina Vega would hop right over to Impact when her non-compete was up and... She hasn't hop, been there. Go back as uh, Rosita... Or, you know, or she could be Rosita anywhere, you know, really. Or just be Zelina, or be her, you know, herself. But, um, yeah, this, I, I hope, I hope that she is not brought back into, into WWE. Because I think these two could make a good power couple anywhere they go. Yeah, yeah, I don't want her to go back to WWE, especially now. Blacks no. out. Take 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 your fucking blessings and go make some real money somewhere where you'll both actually be used. And um, and Thea Trinidad, they never really did use her much for wrestling, anyways, right? I mean, maybe she had a handful of like she was a manager, stupid matches, had, like, one but, match. But other yeah. than that, she was just a manager for first Andrade, and then uh, Kalisto. Oh. No, not Kalisto. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only one I know of was Andrade. <laughs> but yeah, so she... I, I don't think it'd be positive for her to go back to WWE. But when you talk about power couples, Pasty, there's there's a powerful man who's kind of a couple in himself. He's got a couple of these hands. Old Adam Schur, better known to WWE fans as Braun Strowman. He was a former professional strongman who had been with the E since 2013. In fact, his last match came at the WrestleMania Backlash pay-per-view in the Triple Threat with Drew McIntyre and WWE Champion Bobby Lashley. In a good match. Yeah, yeah. Match. He was a he was in a featured pay-per-view main event. Um, but since then, not to be seen. He does leave the company as a one-time Universal Champion, one-time Intercontinental Champion, two-time Raw Tag Team Champion. There's a giant asterisk on that, and we won't get into that now because we don't give a shit. Nicholas! The 2019 Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner, which means nothing. The greatest Royal Rumble winner, which means nothing. And the 2018 Men's Money in the Bank winner, which... Did he even get to cash that in? I'm pretty sure he did cash it in. Well, he must not have won. No, I think he did. I don't remember exactly. Wasn't he Universal Champion before he got that, though? Uh, no, I don't think so. Maybe not. Maybe that's how he became one-time mute. I don't know. Bottom line, WWE should have used him better. That being said, I just want him to go back into strongman stuff. I don't want him to to not make a living, but if I never seen Braun Strowman in a wrestling ring again, I would not be sad. He doesn't, he doesn't fit. He's not... He's the big guy. He's a Vince big guy. Yeah, he's not charismatic enough to to be just a big guy, though. Like, Paul White is super charismatic. He can make that work, you know? I mean, you can even go with Otis, who isn't that great, but he seems to have the charisma. Um, Braun, he, does, he comes off fake every time they try to do something with him. Wow, that's so forgettable. He turned in his Money in the Bank contract to face Roman Reigns in a Hell in a Cell match. Did he win or lose? I think he won. 
in a Hell in a Cell match? Braun, yeah. I never knew Braun Strowman was in a Hell in a Cell match. We we obviously watched it, but it's not in my brain either. <laughs> <laughs> this was back in 2018, though, so this is this is a long time ago. Crazy. Yeah. So, anyways, I mean, I'm sure. Don't get me wrong. This isn't his last foray into pro wrestling. Everybody's going to be nipping at the bud for him, but I just don't think this is where he belongs. I think he can do so much better in a different realm. Uh, yeah. I mean, he could be a good big guy. Say, like, you'd send him to New Japan. They could make a star out of him. Yeah, yeah, definitely over in Japan. Throw him in either Noah, New Japan, All Japan, any of them. I hate to say it, though, too. Uh, AEW has both Big Show and Mark Henry. They could really mentor him up. In ways, WWE probably didn't have them do that, you know, when he was coming up in the Performance Center because Big Show is probably more relegated to sitting at home. Yeah, but that's another one. It's like, how are you going to feel with them getting Big Show? It was like, okay, that's cool. And then Mark Henry, and it's like, <laughs> eh, I didn't even want him in WWE. And then they get Braun Strowman, and you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah, no, I've been I've been complaining about <laughs> guys in AEW a lot lately anyway. You have been. And Mark Henry, <laughs> it's just like... I, the only reason AEW signed Mark Henry is because he has a um, uh, a nationwide radio show, and so they're going to get free promotion every go. day, five days a week, for everybody who uh, going to be a commentator on Rampage too. Correct. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, he's going to be the commentator. But it's like, I mean, anybody could have been the commentator. I can almost guarantee you they hired him because he's on Busted Open Radio. I want Mark Henry and Big Show to be the world's biggest commentary team. You know, I wouldn't be against them commentating together. It would be cute. Big Show I, seems I to like... be okay, solid. Oh my God. I watched and... uh, Brandon Cutler host like this, uh, some AEW D&D shit. Uh, called Critical Botch, and at the Fan Fest, they had Big Show as a special guest. He knows so much more about D and D than any of the AEW guys. That was that was mind blowing to me. It was great. <laughs> I don't think that helps him with the commentary team. <laughs> I think it does. But uh, yeah, Big Show is, is solid in commentary, and obviously, Mark Henry. Anybody who listens to Busted Open Radio, which I recommend, it's a great fucking show. Him, Bully Ray. Um, it, it's really awesome. Is but, Bully the next one to come over then? Uh, he very well could be. I actually wouldn't put it past him. But, yeah, I, that would be a, a solid uh, announce team, and I would just stick to just the two. Hell, yeah. Yeah, you, I don't think you, you – it's such a big – yeah, you couldn't sit anybody else at the table with them. Right, they'd have to get a whole <laughs> other desk just for one other person. Just Although those two and Mauro Ranallo would probably melt my brain. <laughs> I would see fun. them just tossing him around like a little baby. He's Mark got a Henry just in between them too. You can see Mark Henry blowing raspberries on Mauro's <laughs> belly and stuff. <laughs> see them take his, his headset off and hold it above his head. Come on, booty. Come on, get it. It's still better than the hazing JBL gave him. Oh, 100. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's surprising to me. Braun's gone. Just being a WWE built character. You don't see people like that getting cut very often. They're, they're okay with throwing the people who 
went to the Indies and went through the circuits and became famous elsewhere. But it's it's rare to see. Right, but Charlotte, Roman, those guys haven't. Oh well, oh wait, that's because they got family. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think those are the only two WWE built guys there. Oh, Rusev was a WWE built guy. He was. He never stepped into a wrestling ring until yeah, he got to WWE. Let him go too. Yeah. So, we wanted them to let him go though. Like I haven't been asking Braun. I don't care to see Braun elsewhere. <laughs> so I've yeah. been asking for him to leave. Right. Um, he is kind of a two trick pony, you know. Get these hands, and then they got the train sounds. Uh, other than that, yeah. I don't yeah, know. where did that come from? I've seen that on like Facebook things about the choo choo man or something. He, just, he does a train thing he, now. He doesn't make the sounds; they pipe it in. While he's oh running around gosh. the outside of the ring, I I have dude, never dude. seen that, and that just sounds <laughs> yeah, awful. It's yeah, the thing, no, you know, they've been doing it since before the the Shane McMahon slime build up to WrestleMania. The the worst thing though, and may, maybe this says a lot about me as a fan. I don't know if they did that on NWA Power, I would love it. Right? Yeah, and I I don't know why. I don't know why, but honestly, if they did that at NWA Power, I would love it. On WWE, I just grow. Budget promotion that doesn't necessarily take itself seriously. There you go. And WWE is a major budget promotion that doesn't necessarily take itself seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Pacey, who do we got next? Buddy Murphy, better known as Matt, or also known as Matt Silva. Signed with WWE in 2013 and leaves the company as a one-time NXT Tag Team Champion, a one-time WWE Cruiserweight Champion, and a one-time Raw Tag Team Champion. So he got all the belts that nobody cares about. Yes. Way to go, buddy. Good job. He last competed in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal in April. Before that, his last singles match was a disqualification loss to Cesaro on the March 12th SmackDown Yes. I think we all know where Buddy Murphy's going, and I don't want to see him go there, but... AEW? No. Where? He's going to Impact. Really? I think so. I I see them doing a Kurt Hawkins, Zack Ryder, Buddy (laughs) Murphy fucking... (laughs) I don't want to see it, but I can definitely see it. Kurt Hawkins and Buddy Murphy could be a tag team. You could say that they were brothers, and I don't think anybody would know other than Murphy's accent. He just can't... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no i think this guy is a huge star a huge get i could see him definitely in AEW. that's where i would want to see him go um he's a fucking wrestler like if you've watched some of his like real matches that they've let him have serious matches he can put on a five-star match oh yeah i could also see him to go to new japan or triple a right you know like fuck (laughs) dude's got talent and uh, it will be used. I could see him in MLW, too. That was one of the first places I was thinking where I'm like, because every time I'm like, ooh, I want him in AEW, I'm like, no, I got to pick something else. <laughs> MLW would be a good spot for him. Yeah, it, actually, it, it really would. He would work very well in MLW also. Um, he's one of those people. He's one of those people I think has a huge upside. I just, I don't know. Ring that honor, too. Yeah, I don't know that any company will use him right. I, I don't know what the right way to use him is, to be honest. So I think he has an uphill battle. Um, unless he goes back to uh, Australia, which has a, a, a good wrestling 
community, but just not near as much as the money. But, you know, I guess if you can be a a big fish in a small pond. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But somebody I don't think we we really have to guess where she's planning on going would be Lana, otherwise known as Catherine Joy or CJ Perry. She'd also been with WWE since 2013. She just wrestled on this week's Raw Pasty, teaming with Naomi for a loss to Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. If you're losing to Dana Brooke, you should probably count your blessings that you're out of there. Yeah. Well, you know, before joining McMahon's company, she definitely wasn't a, a globetrotter for the professional wrestling business. In fact, she was an actress, a dancer, a model, a singer. She's kind of just done whatever she can get money for. But what gives her a shoe in right now is that she's also married to current AEW TNT champion Miroslav, otherwise known as Miro. Yes. So I could... I think there's no doubt that's where she's headed, whether it's as a valet, whether honestly, she's done a lot of different things. I hope she just continues to try doing different things. I would prefer that Miro just cemented his heel turn by beating up Kip Sabian because Kip kept bringing his wife to the ring for matches. You can't have Lana come in after that. That doesn't make any fucking sense. But pasty AEW for all of its positives is nepotism capital, uh, and Tony Khan for WWE. and Tony Khan for whatever his you know positives and negatives are. He's just a fanboy, and if he gets yeah. the chance to get fucking Rusev's wife on the payroll just to give her money, he'll do it. It's daddy's money anyway. I'll be Rusev's wife then. Fine. Oh fuck! I yeah, I'll let him take me in the ass <laughs> for Tony Khan money. Damn right I will. Rusev crush. <laughs> I got your crush right here, Rusev. <laughs> yeah, and for as could care less of an attitude as we have about Lana, then we have Ruby Riot, also known as Heidi Lovelace. She signed with WWE in 2016. She just competed on last Friday's SmackDown, teaming with Liv Morgan. For a loss to the women's tag team champions, Natalia and Tamina Snuka. Man, that's such a strong division. She was <laughs> the leader of the Riot Squad, but never really gained traction in the land of the Divas. Yeah, women's tag team champions, Natalia and Tamina Snuka. Yeah. That's, uh, again, WWE, they're no shortage of nepotism, obviously. <laughs> but... When the fuck? Like, how did that happen? And it started at WrestleMania. They won the titles at WrestleMania? I don't think they won the titles at WrestleMania. I think they won them just after. They lost at WrestleMania. Okay, because didn't, like, uh, I don't even remember who it was, but uh, an NXT team lost the inaugural, but then they were given the the NXT tag titles, right? They didn't lose to Natalya and Tamina, did they? Nia, uh, uh, Nia Jackson, and um... oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about too. That was that was an okay team, better than Natalia Tamina. Yeah, oh yeah, by far, by far. I don't. You I don't never know where this came Tamina from. in the like over ten years she's been in the company. 
why yeah. start now? And Natalia has all the talent in the world, and they just won't let her use it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's very sad that that's their women's tag team champions right now. Yeah, I'm and that's all any women are really doing anymore is tag team matches. That's what it seems like anyway. All these cuts have talked about how they've been <laughs> doing a lot of tag team stuff. So, yeah, it's just sad. We don't like it. I don't like it. Somebody, though, who is an amazing talent, Santana Garrett. She made a name all over the indies before signing with Impact Wrestling as Brittany and making quite a name for herself there. But she originally began working with WWE in 2013. There seems to be a trend. A lot of 2013ers in this cut. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know what that is. The seven-year itch or what, even though it's 2021. Well, it's time to cut Roman Reigns. But um, she officially signed a contract, though, in 2019 after making various appearance, appearances over that year and the years before. She last competed in the Women's Royal Rumble match in January, and before that, her last singles match was a loss to Mercedes Martinez at NXT's Great American Bash way back, almost a full year ago in July 2020. That was before uh, Mercedes was even in the um, retribution. Yeah. She's she joined and left the retribution since then. <laughs> That's how long she was. Been. She was really just there for like the first week, and she's like, "Nope." Yeah, she's like, "No, nah, I'm doing this shit. I've worked too hard my whole life." <laughs> uh, Santana Garrett. Uh, she's another one I easily see going back to Impact. They've been bringing a lot of uh, WWE's women over, and you know, people give AEW and Impact and all that shit for picking up WWE's scraps. But, man, Impact knows how to use the women, and I'm okay with them picking up the women that WWE doesn't know how to use. Yes. Although I would say I'd, I'd rather Santana Garrett go back to Impact under Santana Garrett than as Brittany because I Santana Garrett's how I got to know her. I think that's how most fans got to know her, and I, I didn't like that Impact changed her name when she went over there. It's, but it's the fir- Yeah, Brittany's a fairly generic. Yeah, Santana it's- Garrett is like, a cool name, and Brittany is just Brittany, bitch, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I mean, if you seek Amy. <laughs> I don't know. But that's the WWE cuts, uh, which was kind of the big news this whole week. And, Pasty, as you said, I would be surprised if we don't have another round of at least a handful of cuts coming up here next week. A lot of, uh, a lot of speculation I've been hearing from news sources, and it's just talk. But, like, these cuts seem, especially with, with uh, Strowman, you know, his his contract is over a million dollars a year. He got a lot, big payday out of them the last time he re-signed. They, they, it seems like they're cutting the fat for a potential sale. And, I mean, they just did that with the NXT or the, 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 the WWE Network. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, it, it definitely could be uh, at the same time. I think about this time every year those rumors started circulating. Um, so you never know. We all know Vince McMahon would be more than willing to sell for the right price for the right reason. And at the same time, we all know that Vince McMahon would love to go down with his ship and die owning it and then yeah. let it go off later. So it's like, I think it all depends. You know, I, I honestly think that right now WWE is streamlining because 
we said it years ago. They were just oversaturated, especially when AEW started. They just bought everybody they could just to have them. It's just weird they share a bunch of people mid storyline. Yeah, but it's like you know it's okay to, to to own everybody, but then as soon as the pandemic hit and they had to tighten the waist strap, it's like, well, maybe we don't need everybody. They're just about to hit the road then, again. So that's the weird thing. They're like business is about to start picking up. Yeah, but do you think they're really going to have, like, house shows or, like, back to the way it used to be? I don't, I don't think anybody in wrestling is going to. Shows, but there still be the income from fans coming to the show. Well, yeah, they still got they still got all their money makers. They weren't making any fucking money off of Braun Strowman or Santana well, Garrett. Braun Strowman markets to the children just like John Cena does. No. Yes. You really think that as many Braun Strowman t-shirts are sold as, as Cena shirts? As a father of two small children who don't know very many wrestlers, but they know John Cena and Braun Strowman, yes. And they have they've they have bought more Strowman shirts than Cena shirts, is what you're saying. They've bought more than you have. <laughs> they haven't bought any. <laughs> uh, no, Strowman wasn't making anybody money. Uh, come on. Kids bought Strowman shirts? Tell me one person you've ever seen with a Braun Strowman shirt. You have, I don't know that they made them. They might have. Oh, everybody used to buy those Get These Hands shirts. But they still sell Cena shirts, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean, I, I get it. It's just like, yeah, nobody they cut, I think, is costing WWE money. Roman Reigns makes some money. Brock Lesnar makes some money. Holy shit. So, so I finally else sat down money? this last week and I watched the Andre the Giant documentary on, on HBO Max. Oh, that's old, Loke. It is old. I just never got around to watching it. Good, I watched it. But the problem is I watched it after seeing those memes of Hulk Hogan's face on his chin. And that's the fucking documentary that that was taken from. So every scene with Hulk Hogan, like I could see his face on his chin repeating over and over again. Oh, Hulk Hogan's face on Hulk Hogan's chin. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. I, I was not following you at first because I thought you meant Hulk Hogan's face on Andre's chin. And I'm like, what? No, on his own yeah, chin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the screenshot that they took when they did that meme. Yeah. So every time it cut back to him talking, I'm like, oh, my God, I went on a trip through my brain. Because you can't not see it even if it's not there. Yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, that was a good one, though. It's a very, I recommend it. I haven't gotten to watch any of the, um, it's not ESPN, who A&E, the A&E biographies. I haven't got to see any of yet, but I've heard... I've heard they're all good except for Macho, and I heard Macho was horrible. So I actually really want to watch the Macho one to see yeah, what's right. so horrible about. Like, I want to see this. <laughs> Got to watch it. I'm curious. Snap it to it. But I suppose before we get into uh, results, predictions, and the rest of the goings of the comings, we can talk about this week in pro wrestling history, pasty. Yes, indeed. And in fact, 37 years ago in 1983, the WWF ran a house show at the Spectrum in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which was televised locally on Prism. It's not around anymore. <laughs> it was, historically speaking, a relatively unimportant show headlined by Bob Backlund titled Offense as he defeated Ivan Koloff. Not really much to this whole card, and you may wonder, then why the fuck are we talking about it in this week in pro wrestling history? Well, there was a mid-card match on the show. That's memorable, even if not so eventful. Andre the Giant versus Big John Stud. Now, this might sound like a snoozer of a match, but 
Boy, you have no idea. The match went just short of 18 minutes, which is about twice as long as any <laughs> Andre the Giant's longest matches. And you might ask, why the hell did they put on Andre and Big John Stud for 18 minutes? Well, you see, Stud puts Andre in a front face lock for 8 minutes and 35 seconds. Most <laughs> matches on TV nowadays are less than that. That was just his front face lock. And they barely moved during that whole period. Now, the crowd got restless, as you would think they would. And, of course, it's Philadelphia, so that makes it worse because they're always known to, even back then, speak their mind. Oh, yeah. yep. um, so why such a long headlock of this strange, strange match? Well, Andre took the term rest hold a little too literally, and he legitimately <laughs> fell asleep in the ring. Uh, rumored to have been drinking a couple bottles of wine in the back. <laughs> Maybe a few bottles. And even Big John, as big and strong as he was, could not pick up the dead weight of Andre. And he was stuck, pinned under the sleeping giant, until they were finally able to rouse him and get to an end. Um, wow. I mean, just... I would love to see this happen in today's wrestling it world. We don't view Braun Strowman as a great big man. <laughs> you got to do this kind of stuff, man. Right? Every day, Andre made money fucking Everybody sleeping in the mat. Over an ambulance. <laughs> fucking A, that's awesome. Good old Andre. He was uh, He's one of those people he could get away with stuff that nobody else could get away with for, I think, a few reasons. One being, you know, you going to tell him no? I'm not. I might. Well, I might now. He's dead. I'll change my answer a couple seconds later, but I, I'd tell him <laughs> just, to, just to get the reaction for a second. <laughs> I'd expect a chop. Don't worry. Uh, Andre no like pasty. He say, <laughs> he say no to giant. I want to drink wine and sleep. <laughs> oh, good old Andre. I like these fun ones we can do every now and then. Yeah. Speaking of fun, Pasty, this weekend was fun. Yes, AW Double or Nothing. Who? This was a show. This was uh, a very solid feeling show. I mean, it had low points. But I think the arc of the show, this this felt like an almost like a New Japan build, where it's like... Uh, where you, where you start out and you pace it up throughout the whole thing. Maybe you didn't start with a four-man fucking spectacle of flips and tricks, but this is a great card. Yeah, it was really... I, yeah, I, I agree. I think, uh, I think I'm more on the side of hit or miss, but enjoyable. Um, it was definitely the most one of those. AEW pay-per-view in recent memory. Uh, I would, yeah, I think so, as it should be. This is yeah. kind of their, their big... Their big and, as you like to say. Well, you could say that about all four, because I don't think there is a top one. <laughs> Isn't it double? Like yeah, it's double or nothing, because that, that was their original one. So I, w- I would have to go with that if you're going to. Yeah. Maybe I not. I don't know. to say all out just because all in was the first thing that they did, but. Right. But I think that's the benefit of them having a big four is every pay-per-view feels special feels more important at least than your wwe wrestlemania backlash even impact does a monthly pay-per-view 
You know what I mean? It's like, right, and they got their 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 B list pay per views and their main pay per views. So yeah, I I would agree. But yeah, we kicked it off in the pre-show with the NWA Women's Championship on the line. Serena Deeb defending her gold successfully against the AEW contender Riho. You know what? This was uh, the first pre-match of AEW's pay-per-views that I've watched probably in a year. And I fucking enjoyed the shit out of it. Yeah, I tuned in. I tuned in. I had assumed the pay-per-view was starting at 6. The pre-show started at 6. I'm like, you bastards got me. But I'll, I'll stick around. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. They got me again. Started at 6, went to like 11.30. WWE hasn't done a long pay-per-view in a while, so I guess it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, uh, I'm i the poor soul who found out the hard way that Fucking, there's there's seven diehard fans out there that actually watch the pay-per-views on the day of. I happened to mention something on one website about, <laughs> I don't remember what somebody said, but I was like, who the fuck's watching it tonight? It's going to go on so late. I was like, I'm just going to watch it when I have time. Rah, 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 look at this guy. He thinks he's cool. I don't think I'm cool. I just fucking have a life. I have kids. I have a job. I got fucking obligations. Like. God damn, I'm sorry. What about spoilers? <laughs> what about spoilers? Yeah, what about spoilers? Don't fucking read them. <laughs> it's not that hard to not read spoilers if you don't want to. Yeah, it was uh I I got a I got a lesson in the internet again this week. That yeah, happens from time to time. Fun times. Yeah, it happens from time to time. But yeah, definitely a great a great kickoff show. I like how they've been promoting other other company. Well, NWA basically in their yeah they have been promoting is, Impact really other than showing off their championships. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But but they are giving the nod to NWA, and I love it. I think it's great. I'm happy about it. The match super fun. Um, I don't think anybody really expected Rio to take it from. From Serena, but it's it's a pre-show. I don't care that I kind of knew the end result already, right? So yeah. I was able to just enjoy the match. It's just there to warm you up, and you can't really be warmed up if you're disappointed in the results, right? That is true. That that's true, actually, Pasty. You want to give them what they want going into yeah. it. I think I think AEW is pretty good for that across the board. I would agree. And speaking of such, uh, we started off the show with Adam Page defeating Brian Cage in a match for the age. Yes. Um, and yeah, I think they gave the people what they wanted. Ain't nobody trying to see Brian Cage go over on Hangman. They put on a pretty good match, though. I think they played well together. I like when Brian Cage threw him over the fucking barricade into the crowd. Yeah, it was. I, I think it was about what I expected a. A cage page rage to look like, um, and not in a bad way. It definitely didn't, uh, I, I, you know, it didn't twist my nipples. I'm not going to go back and watch this on replay give, multiple I times. Give Brian Cage all the props in the world, though, for not taking the help of the rest of the team Taz when they came out to assist him, even though it cost him the match. I like seeing that. Right. I don't know. I don't. I don't think a whole lot of Brian Cage, but I definitely rather see the big guy be on his own than in 
little team Taz. The um the Terminator get up was a little cringy, but Yeah, it was, but aren't they all? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you have why does every wrestler feel like they need to come out dressed up as the Terminator once in their career? You know, yeah, I haven't seen a great one yet. Arnold Arnold can't even pull off the Terminator nowadays, folks. (laughs) And he is the Terminator. You know, I thought it was a little hokey, a little goofy, but I'm like, it's the first match on what's supposed to be a big pay-per-view. I guess that's, uh, it's, it's okay. And we've seen, uh, we've seen the hangman bust out an F5 on Brian Cage, which, uh, surprised me. Yeah. Kind of surprised me. But yeah, and then it was kind of like you kind of mentioned, Team Taz kind of cost Cage the match in a way. Um, instead of hitting the boy with the with the FTW championship, he ended up taking the old buckshot lariat from Paige, which I wish he'd get a new finisher. But I don't know. If the phenomenal forearm is a good move, then I think the buckshot lariat's a good move. Yeah, but there's so many people that do lariats and clotheslines that are actually like really good, and it's Paige just, just looks like your average mid-match lariat. It's like... Come on, you can do that. He's the hangman. He should be able to put like a, some kind of a chokehold or something that looks neat or something. He definitely should. I don't know. It's kind of hard to do that, though, when you're a face, though. I, maybe. maybe if you How is it hard to put you... to win with fucking submissions as a face? That's what you well, used not, to Not submissions, but just chokes in general. Choke has always been more of a heel type deal. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. I like this match, though. Cage was a good contender for Paige, and Paige is fucking awesome. So, Yeah, I mean, for me, it's two guys I'm kind of meh about, and again, they didn't put on a bad match, but for this being the opener, they, the, the next match should have been the opener. And this match should have followed yeah, that because you I want a good agree. opener. And this was kind of a this could have been a this could have easily been a, a pre-show match as well. That's exactly why I was kind of questioning why I was comparing it to a to a New Japan because if it was New Japan, this the next match would have been the opener. Right. Really kick it off hot. And of course, the next match is AEW Tag Team Championships on the line. Young Bucks. Defending their gold and retaining against Eddie Kingston and John Moxley, the Wild Things. Wild Things. Yeah. This was a badass fucking match. This is tag team wrestling. This is AEW tag team wrestling right here, buddy. It was good, but I'm going to call you out because you you like to call out the refs for not doing their job, and the Young Bucks were both in the ring a lot together for a very long time during this match, and the ref wasn't counting. Oh, I I 100% agree, and I actually noticed there were times that they were doing double-team moves, and uh, I don't remember who it was. Somebody was calling him out on it to one of the commentators or whatever. Yeah. He's like, come on, do something, ref. And then Tony's like, well, what do you want him to do? And it's like, want him to fucking tell him to get out of the goddamn ring. (laughs) No, I agree, and I know it's them playing heels, but yeah. um, I, I wish... Wrestling's so much better when the refs actually do their job and the heels the heels defy the refs in secret or behind yeah, their backs. Find or, ways around it. 
Exactly. It, it, yeah. Definitely. When the refs don't, I, I agree a hundred percent with you, Pasty. <laughs> that was kind of glaring in this match. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I thought this was a pretty damn solid match. Um, hard to to expect Kingston and Moxley to win, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> but you did. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. Oh, we were a lot of the matches. We were the same across the board. So I wanted to pick a couple that could have been different outcomes right well yeah just like the stadium stampede not not saying what it was but i was just like i'm just gonna wait and see who you pick and i'll pick the other ones because i don't fucking know (laughs) no um yeah this was uh this was good you know you know what my favorite part was what matt jackson doing the hulk hogan (laughs) that was some cool shit like at first i was like oh shit it kind of Resembles Hulkster stuff, and then all of a sudden he did the full deal. He did the the pointing, the cupping the hands. He did yeah. the the or yeah, it started I think with the uh, the body slam, and he did Hogan's old raise the roof that he would do before body slamming. And I was like, oh shit, it's a call out to Hogan. But then he did the whole thing. He did the ears. He did. Oh, I was like, this is this is good heel heat. I I liked it. Um, I know people. I. I don't know what people want from the Bucks. They don't like them as heels, but I think they're good at being heels. You don't like. Um, they're definitely they definitely play. I think what pisses people off the most is they definitely play that millennial card, and uh, they're not millennials. No, but they but well, they know how to get heat, and that's how you get heat because nobody likes millennials right now. So, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I like uh, I like their get ups too. How it said pocket on the pockets. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I was like, this is that's some cool ass shit. Uh, I I forgot about that till you just said that, but I fucking marked on that for no reason. Like yeah, I don't know if it's yeah. I don't know if it's actually referencing something that I don't know or not, but nonetheless, I fucking loved it. <laughs> I don't know what it would reference. I just I don't know. Either. There's a lot a lot lately. They've been wearing the same coats that Seth Rollins wears on SmackDown. Yeah. And so they get called out for it. So I figure maybe they just wanted to wear tights that they were like, oh, Seth would never wear something like this. <laughs> there you go. I, I have, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm sure I'm wrong. And if somebody can call me out and let me know exactly what it is, I would love to know. Cause there's gotta be a reference there. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to know too. Cause I don't know. Um, we got the, uh, obligatory, uh, good brothers interference. Stupid. But then old uh, Frankie Kazarian came out to save the day. <laughs> yes. Still still pissed that the Young Bucks broke up his tag team. Yep. Which is interesting. I was, Kazarian, uh, Kazarian, Moxley, and Kingston could be a, a formidable team. Yeah, I was curious why Christopher Daniels didn't come out as well. Because Daniels I, is the one okay with being at the end of the road. Yeah, I, yeah, that works. He, he was the one who called the stipulation. You know what I mean? Right. Kazarian was never really. Uh, the, this dives into being the elite too. Kazarian was never really on board. He's like, "Oh, you said that. Okay, I guess that's the way it is then." So yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm assuming Daniels is gonna have something big coming up. He's gonna have a snap. Maybe we'll get the fallen angel back. Maybe or maybe he just you know goes full-time backstage and saves his body some of the hurt and still spreads his knowledge. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I'd be okay with that, too. 
you know, I, I miss, I would miss having him on TV, but I think that'd be awesome for him as a, as a human being. Uh, yeah. Um, we got, uh, an assisted, uh, sliced bread, which I always love that. I'm a, I'm, I'm a mark for sliced bread. I don't know why, <laughs> but it's a fun move. It's it is good. And then when you, you do it outside of the corner in the middle of the ring, it's always kind of fun. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. It was a Young Bucks match. There's a ton of spots, and I can't remember any one of them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to rack my mind here and and, and think of what uh what we had. And um, I think I didn't, it, didn't they end it with like uh, didn't they end it with like four or five BTE triggers to yeah, all the to BTE Kingston? Triggers. Yep. Yeah. So that I mean, I thought that was a good way for them to lose. Like, I mean, that's. Exactly. Uh, was it Moxley? That was it Moxley? Yeah, could have been Moxley. Because I think that he's the one they're trying to write off, so he can spend some maternity time, some time with his BB. Yeah, uh, paternity, not maternity. But there you yeah. go, buddy. It's all. The Don't same. assume my gender. Anything yeah. else is sexist. I know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was him. But nonetheless, it's like that. That works. That doesn't make him look weak. You know, it's like that's if you get kneed in the head by two people four or five times, you it's okay to lay down. Mm-hmm. You know, and I like I like when people are allowed to be beat. You can if you can't be beat and still look good, you're a bad professional wrestler. Now, yes, creative can fuck you over by never letting you look good being beat, but yeah. No, I think it, it works because it furthers a story. It, it makes, you know, there's still continuity here happening. I you can't really. Moxley is a single star. I don't really take them seriously in the tag division. And not until they've actually done some tag matches and worked their way up. But Kingston and Moxley just. Moxley's pissed because Omega fucked him over for the title. And so they got into this. Right. And I, I honestly think they did this to help build Kingston, you know, because yeah. I think. You know the average the average TBS watcher knows Dean Ambrose but doesn't Dude, know Eddie Kingston. Came out on the ramp and then all of a sudden Gallows comes out of the crowd and not even two seconds later Kingston's out there taking him down. Like before you even can see that he's there, Kingston's like, "I got him. <laughs> I, I got that. this." Because it was it was interference, but it was so like non consequential, like it did nothing to to benefit the Young Bucks, right? Until uh, until what's his face came out with the hairspray, and then they busted Moxley open with the hairspray, and he didn't blade very well, so there was not enough blood to even make that happen. I, you know what? I actually liked that, and I'll tell you why I liked it because they just like threw the hairspray at him, and then he was quote unquote busted open, and I I I like that. It's like okay, he got some color. But he didn't get his head rammed into some metal object or something. Somebody just threw something yeah. at him. I was like, I kind of liked that he bled for a little bit. I don't know that they did that by design, but I actually kind of liked it. Not every time that you that you blade, you have to be gushing blood, Cody. <clears throat> <laughs> Sometimes you can, you know, use it conservatively and, and make it work even better. Yeah. 
No, when this match started, I was like, oh, are we going to see a Moxley match where he doesn't have to bleed? And then that happened. I was like, okay. Because Moxley bleeds more than Cody does. I mean, yeah, Cody at least more in one match than Moxley. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, to be fair, Cody Cody bled when he had a metal object thrown at him. Or, I mean, uh, Mox bled when he had a metal object thrown at him. Cody bled when he put somebody else in a figure four. Dude, <laughs> wheezing hard. <laughs> I oh, mean, there, there's a right and a wrong way to do things. I hate to say that. <laughs> And again, to be fair, Mox was known as being a hardcore guy yeah. who bled a lot. Yeah. Cody was known as being a tag team guy, and that's I see it, it as continuity too. Because if you're gonna fucking bust, be busted open and bleeding like hell, bouncing off of a cage, then yeah, a can of cold spray is gonna gonna make you bleed too. Right. We just assume everything that, is dangerous in AEW. We just assume that he's he's on blood thinners. <laughs> you know. Oh, pasty. We moved on to uh, the obligatory. This is our big pay per view, so we have to have a battle royal that every company seems to think they have to have, and nobody really wants to see. I say this: this year's casino battle royal did less for me than any other year, but I also didn't pay that much attention to it. Yeah, neither did the announcers. I thought. <sighs> See, in years past, they came out in, in suits, so there was, like, four four sets of entrances. But this year, they came out in suits, but then they came out individually with theme songs, and I'm like, well, that defeats the purpose of the suit, doesn't it? Right. Uh, the only thing that was cool was... Um, fucking... The only thing I really liked out of this whole thing the was the, the acclaimed... Uh, I forget who it is, but... The, the, the guy from the Acclaim that, that does the rapping, I thought he did a really good job. Yeah. I marked for him. I can't think of his name now, but... He's always good, though. Yeah, yeah, he's fun. He's he's like a throwback to the old John Cena, man. Maybe not as talented, but he's he's working on I it. I don't know. I think he's got a better flow than Cena ever did. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, as as a rapper, I, would, I, I can honestly say I'd probably listen to his music, where as a teenager, I said John Cena's album was really bad. So. <laughs> yeah, but John Cena wrote his own stuff and freestyled. Where I feel like this guy like spends a whole week coming up with this whole oh, thing. I'm sure, I'm sure. You know, where Cena kind of literally just popped it off at the dome night of. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, is there anything to talk about on here? I, I guess Leo Rush. Final three was Christian Cage, Matt Hardy, and oh yeah, Leo Rush showed up. Came down to the final three. Jungle Boy, Christian Cage, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy tried to get Christian to help him to take out Jungle Boy so they could have a match like the good old days and put over an uh, old wrestler in place of uh, upcoming talent. And Christian didn't side with that, and so they took out Matt Hardy. And then Jungle Boy won, and Christian hugged him and said, you fucking take this opportunity and run. And it was beautiful. And nothing will come from this, just like the no, Andre the Giant gonna Memorial Battle Royale. No, he's going to Kenny Omega. <laughs> yeah, like I said before we started podcasting, I really wish they would have held off on this a little bit longer because there's no way in hell Jungle Boy is beating Kenny Omega right now. Yeah. Um, and that match I, is, is a week from tonight, I'm pretty sure. I will say, though, I'm, I'm going to say one thing here. 
for all the the stuff I see online about people saying, "Oh, the big, the big surprise is Leo Rush." Meh, 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 meh. They never say, say anything about. A big I'm going to say two things. One, Leo Rush, super fucking talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe not that positive backstage. Don't know. Didn't work with him. I know we've heard right. bad things, but you know that's okay. I, I like a lot of guys. I hear bad things about backstage, but besides that. This one's on the fans. Nobody said there was going to be a big surprise. It was just right. a to be determined. It could have been somebody on the roster. So um, I think people psyched themselves up for this one. For what you know, Tony Khan's been good at over over promising, but he did not this time. This is on the fans, one hundred percent, not on old TK. But yeah, it was a. Uh, I definitely agree. I was not upset to see him there in the least. I was actually very excited because. He was one of the ones I was hoping would make his way over to AEW. Right. He fits the roster well. He does. But then I, from what I hear is he's not signed with AEW. He is signed currently with New Japan. And so this is just like a crossover thing. Oh, that could be. Yeah. Oh, then we had a barn burner of a match, Pasty. Ooh, yeah. Made me almost burn down my house. Cody Rhodes defeated Anthony Agogo in a match that didn't matter. So why couldn't Cody Rhodes lose? He's got a baby about to be born, too. I don't get it. Cody Rhodes beat Anthony Agogo with a move that wasn't even crossroads. It was just a fucking backbreaker. And I don't understand. <laughs> no, I don't. Cody was supposed to lose this one. Uh, you know what's funny is is I agree with you. Cody was supposed to he lose this one. He also came out dressed as Homelander from The Boys on Amazon. I don't know if you've seen that Does, show. Yeah, I was going to say, I have no idea what that Homelander's means. Homelander's not a good guy, though. He's not a good guy. He almost gives birth to the Fourth Reich. <laughs> so Wow. That's who he's trying to emulate? That's, Hitler? I don't know exactly. Well, I mean... It wasn't. It wasn't exactly Homelander's fault. He was uh, being betrayed by this woman who who has lived well, since Hitler's. Yeah, but TV show aside, you just really yeah. never want to bring up anything Hitler in anything no. you do. Like, let's just no. avoid that altogether. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's funny because I agree with you. I I thought uh, Cody should have lost this one. Yeah, you you uh, you went for Cody though. You and I. Uh, I went for Anthony and I lost. <laughs> but yeah, the good old, the old good old uh, blonde haired, blue eyed, white collar American took out a, a dark skinned uh, foreigner. So I guess Cody's definitely doing his job. Yep, the American I dream. <laughs> I guess that's yeah, that's that's what he's going for. Um, I think this I, match was the quietest the crowd was the whole night too. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I mean, the match was on. I don't know that I watched any of it. <laughs> so I really don't have much to say about it. Other than I honestly thought that a go-go was going over and he did not. I can't believe they didn't have Cody bust himself open with a go-go punching him in the face once. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, he didn't even put him over by blading aside. for him. <laughs> right. The, the, the finish aside, Cody, this was not a good Cody Rhodes match. You know, on the scale of good Cody Rhodes matches, this was. Yeah. This, I don't get it. I don't understand. <clears throat> yeah, 
Yeah, there, there was something. Well, I guess I can't say I didn't watch it, but yeah, I still think there was something <laughs> missing there. I think most people agree there was something missing there. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then we have uh, we have the, the the battle of the two beasts, the TNT Championship on the line. Miro successfully retained his title against Lance Archer, the Murder Hawk. Yeah, two big guys doing some big guy things in a big guy world. Miro threw a snake. <laughs> he did throw throw a, a quote unquote snake. I feel like. He could- <laughs> He should actually go after Jake Roberts. You know what I mean? He should do something physical to Jake Roberts to actually cement himself as a big, scary man beast. Pasty, do you remember? Oh, what match was this? It wasn't. I don't remember what match it was, Pasty, but there was a pay-per-view not too long ago. And Jake the Snake went into the ring to interfere. And then when he was done, he literally had to sit on the fucking apron for a good five, seven minutes before he could move. You really think he's going to take a bump? (laughs) The man couldn't walk down the fucking steps from the ring. Use the mattress Jericho used and it'll be fine. (laughs) That man ain't taking a bump for nothing. Uh, Um, I will say I did not expect the match to be as fast paced at the beginning as it was. They kind of both really went into it. Yes, they did. They slowed it down afterwards, but I I wasn't expecting it to start that way. So that kind of caught me off guard in a positive way. Uh, Other than that, it was kind of paint by the numbers. Yeah, I thought it was your big dudes match for the most part. Your modern day big dudes, because all modern day big dudes, they're fast. Right, right. (laughs) They still do the the Tope Suicida and stuff like that. This ain't uh, King Kong Bundy versus Big John. This this ain't Andre the Giant versus Big John Stud where you fall asleep for eight minutes. <laughs> That'd be cool if Lance Archer wrapped Miro in his hair and choked him out and Miro fell asleep. <laughs> Nighty night. <sighs> that's that's all I really have on this one, Pasty. Yeah. Um yeah. I don't got a whole lot to say. Pay-per-view didn't really start picking up until this next match. The AEW Women's Championship on the line. New champion crowned in Dr. Britt Baker. DMD as she defeated Karushita. One year after she gained the championship herself. The longest reigning women's champion in AEW history. And, and she's she only had, the third, so I mean, she she had a year with the title, and it was good. But I think I'll, Britt Baker outshined her all year long. Oh, she did. She most definitely. She did. matches were just like, "Ooh, this is a contender for you." Ooh, this is a contender for you. Britt Baker's matches had some meaning to them. It doesn't help. And, she has Tony behind her, and Tony's just in love with her. <laughs> and I will say right off the bat. You knew how this match was going to end because both women were fucking crying in the ring. Yeah, but <laughs> with that being said, there were there were a couple times where they legitimately think made me legitimately think that she oh, yeah. was going to win. I was, yeah. I, I didn't a hundred percent, but I was just like, oh shit, oh <laughs> shit, oh oh okay, okay, yeah, that's what I thought. It's like, oh wow, yeah, very fun, very fun match back and forth. They both. 
they both were really into it. I mean, Reba cracked Brit in the head with the fucking crutch by accident when Hikaru ducked out of the way. Yeah, that's so, what I thought Hikaru was gonna win. Yeah. So this that brings up something I wanted to bring up also, where you talked about the the referees on the in the tag match. Like, I don't care that she accidentally hit her friend. That was a disqualification, and the ref was looking right fucking at her when it happened. Yeah, I'm just yeah. sitting there like, I, I thought that it was going to be a, a disqualification victory right there, and that um, uh, Baker was going to win by disqualification because she got hit, not get the title, and then they were going to you know do some kind of gimmick match at the next one or something like that, or on one of the Dynamites. And it's like, nope, she just hit her. In front of the ref, nothing happened. And I'm just like, what? You can't, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't just hit people with crutches. So that that was another thing that, uh, like you said, the ref, the referee, the cameraman. I gotta ahead. say, everybody likes it when New Japan does it because New Japan's referees will throw away the rules when it comes to a big-time championship match. Nobody complains then. I I don't agree with you. I don't think they do. They do, because when I first started watching New Japan, I would bring it up a lot. They do shit on the outside, but all the companies now just allow that. If you're on the outside, you can hit them with anything. But I don't think they ever do anything in the middle of the the ring in a New Japan oh, one. Fucking Kenny Okada t- championship match going through tables. Come on now. On the outside of the ring. Yeah, but it's still a weapon being used in a match that's not a no disqualification. Well, match. I 100% agree with you, but every company does that nowadays. Not a single one. If you're outside of the ring, apparently anything goes. So, I mean... But I don't think in the middle of the ring, I don't think they usually, for the most part, not near as bad as a lot of American things, but I do think that's one of the, the major things AEW needs to work on is cameramen and referees. Uh, they got a great referee in Aubrey Edwards, but I don't yeah. think anybody pushes them to, like, let's make it realistic. Let's... If you're going to do something wrong, let's make sure that you don't get caught doing it. It just makes the heels better that way, I think. Yeah. yeah. If everybody can do whatever they want whenever they want, then then a heel and a face are basically the same thing, except one says negative things afterwards and one says positive things. That's about it. <laughs> Unless you ricochet. Unless you ricochet. That is true. <laughs> he says negative things as a face. <laughs> about uh, with. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Other than that, I I really, really, really enjoyed this match. I don't have much negative to say about it at all. No, none. None. Uh, even to the very end, when Sheeta hit her finisher on Brit, I I didn't think she was going to win it, but again, it was just, there was a part that I was like, God damn, this might be it. So, uh, fun. And of course, uh, Britt got her in the lockjaw, which I think if she's going to win the title, she should have won it definitively with her hold. So I, I liked that. I like that she has the diamond encrusted glove. Right. <laughs> it makes it that much worse. Right? Yep. Those diamonds digging into the bottom of your fucking jaw. That doesn't feel like fun. No, these two. I, I want to see a rematch between these two, even though I'm sure 
I, I would know going into the, that Baker was going to win again. I just they they work very well together. I enjoyed yeah. this so much. Yeah, I want to see a Britt Baker Sheeta match. That's the same caliber as Britt Baker and um um and uh, Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa, yeah. Yep. Oh, yep. agreed. That's the thing that bothers me is they ne- never gave Sheeta a match like that. Right. Uh, yeah, through her whole reign, there's not like one one match that really jumps at you. To be uh, honest, I no. agree. Just the match when she took it off of Nyla, but that was because her friend died. Right. You know what I mean? That was an emotional thing, and that was, I think, the most energy I got out of the entire title run. Agreed. Yeah, she's super, super wrestler, but, yeah, she just doesn't have a lot. She's not super charismatic. No, and it's tough because she doesn't speak the best English, but at least they let her cut promos where WWE just wouldn't. You know what I mean? Right. Right, but then you got people like Riho and Maki Ito and all these other people that are, you know, Asuka. You you can have the charisma and not be the best speaking at English. Yeah. Charisma is universal. You know, look at uh, Kijimuro got over super, you know. Uh-huh. Fuck, yeah, he couldn't speak. Even, even if you let him speak the native language, you it's it's in the energy they exude. You don't need to understand the words. That's the beautiful thing about wrestling. Right. It comes off one way yeah. or the other. Just like listening to if you're you know, if you're listening to, to J rap or J pop music, you don't have to understand the words to catch the music. The music is amazing. I think it yeah. translates. Uh, next we had a match Darby Allen and Sting defeated the team of Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky god damn this is this is one of my favorite matches of the night Sting man took a bump took a fucking uh, 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 a suplex out onto the ramp which I mean isn't a drop of any means but good First, right off the bat in the match. Yeah, for somebody for somebody Sting's age, that's I, I give him all the credit in the world. Uh, no, this was a perfect match. The way they did everything to show that Sting can still go, because they did that. Then he's wearing a fucking long sleeve shirt to cover his body, kind of like the same shit he did in Impact. And then he takes it off, and he's wearing the one piece get up that he used to wear. And then he jumps off the fucking ramp onto the Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. And I'm marking the fuck out over here, Fat <laughs> Mac. And I wasn't even into WCW. Right. I'm like, this is what WWE should have did. Yeah, I think that kind of comes back to what we were just talking about with the, the charisma and the enthusiasm and stuff. It's like, Sting, you don't even have to have watched him in the past. He'll let you know as you're watching him that, that, you, that he's a superstar. Yes. And, Pacey, let's not forget, this is his first match in front of actual live crowd with with actual fans, I think, since WWE. Yeah, yep. Because he didn't come back until the pandemic had already started. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I think, I mean, to me, it seemed like he he was feeding off, he, he was feeding off of that adrenaline where uh, you know, the last match that they had together, the uh, the, the cinematic, cinematic one. Yeah, I can't think yeah. of what it was called, but 
uh, whatever it was called. You know, he he was a great wrestler. He was good, but I I didn't feel this. I didn't feel the energy that I did in this one. And I think it was obvious that he was feeding off these fans. He was loving every bit of it. He was saying like, you know what? Yeah, I needed to do something after WWE because I couldn't leave like that. Uh huh. And, and and another continuity thing. They came out the first match that they did together. They each had their own paint. Then they did that cinematic match. They each had half of each other's paint. Yep. And then this match, fucking Darby came out in, it still looked like a skull, but it was very much Sting's paint. Yep. Just Darby feeling. And that was really cool. Also, all the, the Sting clones were there again. Yeah, I, I don't know what that's about. I, really I don't, don't know. know. I mean, Sting about. used it to get the one up on Ethan Page, but other than that, yeah, I don't get it. They need to do away with that. That's yeah, no. or or at least have a story behind it or something. Penis like, druids would be better. Uh, no, but but not much worse. <laughs> <laughs> not better, just not much worse. <laughs> yeah, no. I think honestly, the only thing I was paying attention to this whole match was Sting, and that's not what I would have anticipated going into it. But when they started it off. And he took the bump, and he did the spot, and then Sting pulled off a fucking Canadian destroyer in this match. I yeah, want to see did. somebody. I want to see fucking um 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 Marco Stunt do that with Big Show. <laughs> that would be uh, that would be something. That would be something. Is it possible? Or no, I'm sure. I'm assuming Marco's too small to pull it off. No, not really, the, because the guy taking it. Yeah, I was going to say, the guy taking it is the guy that yeah, does it. Yeah, I, I want Big Show to be the one delivering, not taking. <laughs> I want to see somebody. You want him to be, the, you want him to be the, the, the pitcher, not the catcher. It seems to be the thing that they do. With, like, uh, who else Who else recently did? Um, 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 Pinnacle, the old guy in the Pinnacle, did a Canadian Destroyer. Uh, Come on now, you know the old guy. Oh, I... Uh, um... Blanchard. Tully Blanchard. Yeah, Tully, Tully Blanchard. Blanchard. Yeah. yeah, he did a Canadian Destroyer fairly recently. So it's like AEW's go-to for the for the old wrestlers to look really good is have them do a Canadian Destroyer. And I, I agree with it because it's an amazing looking move and they don't have to do anything but go for the ride. <laughs> so I want to see somebody do it with Big Show. Or Big Show and Mark Henry do it together. That'd be awesome. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that we're ready for that. <laughs> I don't know if the they world use is it ready as a for move that. As the tag team, so that the guy taking the move is being slammed onto the opponent, laying prone on the on the mat. Right. That'd be dope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think I mean I think this match did what it, what it was supposed to do. I think I you know what and, and I do one one point that I almost forgot about that I thought was that maybe was the star or the hero of this match that made it the best it could be is whoever timed out this match because his first match back alive, it's a tag match and they go 12 minutes, 30 seconds. They're not blowing sting up. Right. Because sting isn't 20 anymore. I don't, you know, you don't want to put him in a 27 minute match one-on-one. Yeah, they gave him this tag match. Twelve thirty. He's able to come in. He's able to hit all of his spots. He's able to 
to be the sting that we all know and love and and, and, and get out there next week i'm sure <laughs> right <laughs> now this was this was outstanding this is what i really the the women's championship match started picking me up cuz i was feeling like it was going pretty long about the time Miro Lance Archer was coming around and i was like this is this is i guess it's it's okay but yeah it, it, things really started picking up here and i i <laughs> love this match i'm glad proud proud of AEW for what they did here right uh, then we had the AEW World Championship three-way match Kenny Omega defeating Orange Cassidy and Pac to retain as your belt collector. Goddamn, what a fucking match. This, whoo. This it's is the main event. Awesome. This is a championship triple threat. Fucking awesome. Uh. And, you know, I was really, I honestly was worried because all three guys have such different styles. I was honestly worried that this match could really falter. Uh, but where they'd I don't all know how they did it. Different speeds and they wouldn't quite catch each other's moves at the right yeah. time. That was my And, and I don't know how they too. did it, but they made it work perfect. They were all on the same wavelength. It was just, just awesome. It, so good. We've seen a, a few orange punches from old Cassidy. Um, what was the one part that I actually didn't like? When what were they doing? Where he ended up putting his his arm or his arms in his pocket, and I was like, they were up on the top rope. I think it was him oh, and Pac, stop. right? And Pac Pac tried to get the arms out of the pockets or whatever, and. No, that's not the one I'm talking about. Uh, Anyways, it was just it, it 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 seemed like too much pandering and it didn't really make sense and then But but yeah, nonetheless, he could have been in full go, I think, this this match. You know, or there's times for Orange Cassidy to be lazy and this match wasn't one of them. Right. And um boy, it, in this match with two amazing talents like Pac and Cassidy, I think Omega still shined. Oh yeah, as, yeah. No, this was, a, it was a great, refreshing reminder why he's your AEW champion. Yeah, this is what he had been holding out on for for a couple of years to let to let everybody else kind of shine, and we're all wondering, ah, does he have it anymore? Oh, he still had it. He was just letting other people do it. He's got a as the the belt collector. He's got a pretty good record now because we were saying this in his match with Rich Swan too. How that felt like a what a fucking championship match should feel like through and through. Yeah. So that's two for two right now. Kenny Omega is sitting at the top once again. I think he's going to be your number one on the PWI 500 this year. Yeah, you know, it's it's a very weird year. But just thinking, I guess if anybody's going to jump out, it's either Roman or Omega. Yeah. Easily those two. They're going to be your top two guys. Right. And, hey, uh, speaking of PWI, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, 
Oh, Maki Ito ended up making the cover. I was, I was su- nice, uh, pleasantly surprised. Now she did have to share the cover. She shared the cover with uh, it was Maki Ito, Leo Rush, Bobby Lashley, and oh, I don't remember who the fourth person was, but there was four of them. But still, I thought that was pretty damn impressive for her. Impressive for Leo Rush also. Hell yeah! But definitely impressive for for old Maki Ito there. Good company to share the cover with, too, I think. Oh, definitely. And the fourth person was, was very well, too. I just, for some reason, I'm just drawing a blank. Too many people. Too many people. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we've seen everything from uh, Snapdragon suplexes, superplexes, Michinoku drivers, Falcon, multiple Falcon arrows. Um... Like I said, multiple orange punches. We've seen the black arrow. I mean, was there anything that we didn't see as far as what, you know? The, they, they took everything out of their books and put it in here. Yeah, and then some. We got the brutalizer from Pac. Yeah, yeah, we, we got a little bit of every day gum thing, but... I was on such a high by the end of this fucking match, I completely forgot about the stadium stampede. I was like, oh, the pay-per-view's over. This was amazing. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, it's still got probably another hour to go. <laughs> Outstanding match. Loved it. Yeah, probably should have finished the pay-per-view. Um, but with that being said, I don't know where you would have put the stadium stampede yeah, unless you started with it. it would be anywhere else. Yeah, yeah starting it would- with it, maybe. But that's not a good place for it because it was really good this year. Stadium Stampede rounded out the night. The Inner Circle defeating the Pinnacle. Inner Circle still a thing. I'm wrong, I guess. Yeah, everybody was there. We had Jericho, Hager, Guevara, Santana, Ortiz, Wheeler, Hardwood, MJF, Sean, Wardlow. Um. And they, they broke off and did kind of their own things. Hager and Wardlow did their own thing. Uh, you know, the, I, the tag teams, it was it, it was like last year in that sense. Yeah, I, I and, will say I don't remember much of Santana Ortiz and Wheeler and Harwood. So I, they, they met up in the club and they had drinks together while, while um, uh, uh, Conan was the DJ. Yeah, yeah. It's like I think they were kind of – and then they they were the four that were put on the back burner. They really didn't get much of a spotlight. Um, yeah. But that's okay. A lot of people in the match, hard to. Dude, Wardlow putting fucking Hager through the wall was awesome. <laughs> that was really good. I think they did a good job making those big boys look decent because they're not that great. Right. Uh, Sean Spears really surprised me at how well he came off. Yeah, oh, man, when they, it. when they got to that room and he's sitting on the chair and they turn the lights on, it's just a room of chairs. Yeah, like, just like chairs. all chairs. <laughs> it's the chairman. That was the coolest visual of the whole pay-per-view, I think. That Probably. Was awesome. that, that was great. They got to use that in his entrance package now. Um, the, the freezer spot, I was kind of – I don't know if they, if they worked through a botch. What's that? The fake-ass pigs hanging in the freezer. Oh, yeah. Like, you didn't even need to have those there. It was kind of not tasteful. No. The place, but then they looked like shit. He, he locked Wardlow in the fucking freezer. But then the, the, the apron was in the way, so it didn't quite lock. And then Wardlow just whipped it open and charged him. And I'm like, 
God, either they really came off of a good botch or they planned that a little. Like, it didn't look planned at all. So I think they, they worked around the botch perfectly. Like, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it Again, it was pre-taped. So it's, you know, obviously they can fix whatever they want to in post, which was cool. But um, I guess with jumping a little bit ahead, they did end up doing the end, the very end of the match they did live. They made sure everybody was... Uh, looking the same as they did, you know, the day before whenever they taped it and then had them fighting into the ring. So, so that was, that was different. That was something different that they did. I loved MJF's outfit, him in a tank top with the pants, with the fucking, the, the patchwork (laughs) knee pads. Yeah. He had a really cool beginning too. When, when he came out there in the uh, limo and then they all surrounded him. Yeah, and then everybody else came in in the truck. Yep, I liked I, I liked that. I thought that was pretty good. Inner Circle had a better intro, though. They all fucking repelled from the top of the arena. <laughs> Holy it was, shit. It was very, uh, <laughs> it was awkward. You see Jericho fly, jump with so much gusto yeah. that he smacked oh himself against the fucking scoreboard. In fact, I, I, I'd be surprised if TK didn't have to buy a few new LED uh, mods for that. And then you had, uh, what was it, Santana, who was kind of babying himself yeah, down you know, inch by inch. Jump, didn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, you could tell he was like, nope, I don't <laughs> want to do this. That was fucking cool, though. I didn't anticipate that whatsoever, and I will always appreciate it going forward. Right, right. Uh, uh, and, yeah, what we do... Uh, I'm trying Chris to think Jericho of, and MJF didn't have a whole lot. They really didn't, and I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember exactly how it ended. Everybody ended up in the ring live. It was it ended. Sammy Guevara chased um, Sean Spears. Oh, he Guevara the, ended up winning. Guevara didn't was in he? the golf cart. Yeah, Guevara got the win here to I redeem didn't like himself. That. Well, he lost the match for them at at uh, Blood and Guts, so I kind of get it. And if Jericho's going to leave to go do this tour, then Sammy Guevara's got to be the one to pick up the mantle. You just look at everybody on either team, and he's, like, to me, he's the last The youngest one with the most potential? Yeah. (laughs) No, definitely not that. I mean, maybe MJF has more potential, but he... I think I think he doesn't. Sammy, I mean, yeah. you just look at him, and you don't think if you look at everybody in this match, he's the least likely to win a fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that—that's I think where you and I differ because I, I appreciate AEW for having the non-typical wrestler guys and and using them well. Oh, I, I like it too. <laughs> but this isn't your this isn't your David versus Goliath where the the underdog is is coming up against the the mean bully. This is you know fucking ten amazing athletes. Yeah, or nine amazing. Well, a handful of amazing athletes, and then some big guys, and then Guevara. And it's like, out of everybody, he's the last one that needed to get the win here. Like, I I wouldn't have wanted to see uh, Hager win it. I would not have wanted to see that. No. So. And it's kind of hard to have Santana and Ortiz win it because they're a tag team. You could have either one of those end up pinning them in a tag team move. I think that would have been the way to do it. That's how I would have done it. I think what I'm most upset with is that that, that Sammy had to pin Sean Spears because I want Sean to be used better. 
But yeah, Sean especially after watching him in this match. Yeah. But all in all, this was this was definitely solid. More action packed than last year's. But there was still some funny spots. I laughed a few times, and I got really angry every time I laughed because I said this is supposed to be a serious match, fuckers. Yeah, I, you had the uh, the DJ area, which had a, a little bit of a giggle in there with Conan. That's really the only thing I can really think of. They went that into was... the Jacksonville Jaguars manager's office. Oh, yeah. I guess that wasn't played up for laughs until they left, and then the guys were like, what the fuck is that? So, yeah, you could call that. And but they, Jericho, but they Jericho played Sammy, it. Uh, no, Jericho MJF did funny spots, too, and that was supposed to be what was the serious thing. They, like, did one funny spot, and you didn't really see him for the rest of the match. What was their funny spot? I'm, I'm I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nonetheless, I mean, if, if you ask me, this is way better than last year's. I think they, they found the oh, right yeah. balance of comedy and and action. I mean, you can have comedy and action, but when you split it straight... Year, you didn't have it last year. Well, you when you split it straight down the middle, you don't know what it is. Is it an action-packed match with some comedy spots? Is it a comedy <laughs> match with some action-packed spots? Or is it... I don't know how to put together a match. And that's yeah. what it was last year. And this year, I think... They, they obviously got more uh, creative minds backstage nowadays too than they did last mm. year. So y- you have to assume a lot of a lot of input went into this. This year was tighter, but it had a lot of spots that were very similar to last year's, and that's where I'm, yep. I'm probably going to still say last year's is my preferred stadium stampede match. That works. This I, one was more professionally done, though. I, I mean it. It's got more solid stuff, but last year was and uh, and I definitely wouldn't call this. I wouldn't call this match of the night. I think there were better matches as a whole. Um, like I said, I, I I don't know where I would have put this other than to start the beginning of the pay per view, but I don't think it should have finished. I think coming off of that coming off of that AEW championship three way also I think kinda hurt this a little bit because they're just you know, we're they're in a live they're they were around a live audience and, right. and in the middle of the ring and did so much stuff. How did nobody bitch like, this week about how the, the, the fans had to watch this whole match on video screens? You know? Right. And everybody was bitching about blood and guts, but they're not bitching about the stadium stampede. My guess is because this was a... Uh, this is a pay-per-view people paid a lot more money to go see. No, they, they, probably, they probably didn't pay a lot more money, probably. But... It, this was a cinematic match that they knew wasn't going to be live, where the other one was supposed to be a, a full TV taping and turned out to just be a match. I want to see I a stadium stampede with a stadium full of fucking fans. That, that would be that would be awesome. Hopefully, you know? that's next year. That's got to be coming, right? And um, and football, sta- you know, having wrestling matches and baseball diamonds, football stadiums, hockey arenas. That's traditional. That that goes way back to the territory days. Uh, I think it would be fucking awesome. Hell yeah. I think they should. Not only do I think they should, I, I think it goes without saying it's going to happen once all this COVID shit is maybe died down a little bit. Well, everybody's going back on the road real soon, so we'll, we'll see on what the next the year has again. in store. Uh, so surprisingly pasty. When I was watching the pay-per-view, I thought for sure you beat me again, and somehow I get my 
my ideas mixed up. Um, ooh, Mac took this one seven to five. It was close. Yes, you did. A lot of them. I think all of them that we agreed on all won. So at mm-hmm. least, <laughs> so at least we're we're good on that. I went, took some risks. You know, every time I take a risk, I think I pay for it. But it's better well, than tying every yeah, piece of you. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, hey, you took a you took a risk on uh, Cody Rhodes, and that one paid off for you surprisingly. I can't and... even believe I said that. I have to actually look at last week's to make sure you're not putting words in my mouth. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. But it would just make me win more than you. I don't know. Well, I did say Cody. Apparently. <laughs> um. What do you say? I don't know who last week Pasty is. Ignore him. Yeah. We don't know what's happening there. Uh, what would you say best match of the night was for you, buddy? Oh, the uh, the the triple threat. Triple threat. I you know I'm I'm the same way. I'm going with that. I think it'd be Maybe hard to argue. It's not a match. It's a spectacle. So I don't think it can even be graded on the same scale. Yeah, or at least we're not gonna because it doesn't because it's not winning. <laughs> um. Final grade, pasty. Oh, B plus. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go B minus. All right, so that puts it right at about a B. Um, the good was really good. There wasn't anything that was horribly bad, but the meh was really meh. I felt the so. meh was really like clumped up in the beginning of the pay-per-view and if it would have been maybe yeah, other than that tag match yeah yeah nonetheless very good very good aw's back to the roots of, of putting on just awesome awesome matches and uh, with that being said pasty time to jump into the old sentinel that be savage and by gum all we got is uh comings and goings i think Again, this isn't the first time. Woo. Yeah. Well, first off, Pasty, uh, AEW Spanish commentator Willie Urbania was fired from the company after he mocked former AEW women's champion Hikaru Shida on her accent on Dynamite. It was really bad. I don't know if you heard it. It was yes. I went. I went and found it because it, it was only on yeah. fight. It wasn't obviously street. Uh, wasn't on the. Uh, it was during commercial or during uh during the yeah the commercial break. Yeah, so it wasn't on TBS or TNT. I don't know what they're on right now yet, but TNT. Okay, but it but it definitely was on fight and uh yeah, before her segment, unbeknownst to everyone in the ring, old Willie was caught doing a pretty off-color impression of uh the Asian accented Hikaru Shida. As the show yeah. cut to commercial break, the mics at the Spanish announce table were left on. And in the audio, which, of course, as we mentioned, was broadcast on Fight TV, Alex Abrahams can be heard asking Willie Arbania to translate the upcoming promo for Sheeta. And then Willie goes into an impersonation which was heavily mocking Asian accents. Sheeta and Tony Khan both issued statements on the matter with the former champ saying... I don't give a shit what other people say about my race because I love it and I'm proud of it and because I know which is fool. I don't even feel anger, so don't need to worry about me. Thank you. 
But the AEW president was uh, a bit more harsh and more concerned. He said, I didn't think there was any excuse. I was not happy. Afterwards, I heard what was said, and having our commentators involved with that, with what was said about her, who I also apologized to, I thought it was best for the company to make this decision. And by that, he means letting him go. Yeah. So good for you, Con. Or, in, or, or translating from business speak, I had to cover my ass there real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Legit. Yeah, everything comes down on him at the end of the day. <clears throat> but yeah, that's uh that's at first I was worried that that was uh Alex uh whatever Marvez. Uh, no, not Marvez. Uh the one who's been speaking for Penta lately. He's a Spanish commentator. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it it's not. So yeah. It's not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Major League Wrestling has signed Aramis and drafted free agent Lee Moriarty. The two were announced during MLW's open draft round three. The AAA Lucha Libre star Aramis signed multi-year deal with MLW. Lee Moriarty will be making his debut on July 10th. At MLW's live event in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Philly. Woo-hoo. It also was announced that Savio Vega and Zenshi will be also returning to MLW. As a reminder, Gino Bandina, King Muertes, Davey Richards, Gringo Loco, King Mo, Tom Lawler, Alex Kane, and Ross Bon Eric were announced during the last two open drafts. Things are shaping up real nice over there. Yeah. This uh, MLW is doing all right. I was, I honestly was worried about them in the the height of the pandemic, but they seem to be coming back with a vengeance. I think old Core Bowers got his shit together. Yep, and so, uh, and Murphy over there. I want Murphy versus Tom Lawler real bad. There you go. Such a good match. <laughs> well, pasty in some positive WWE comings and goings. Old Scrap Iron Adam Pierce has confirmed he's gotten a bit of a promotion within WWE. In an interview with Give Me Sports, the on-screen authority figure and producer revealed he has in fact been named WWE's director of live events. He also revealed, though, that the role will likely not change much of what he's doing. He's basically getting a uh, better title and you would assume a little prop and pay. But, you know, the, the former NWA champion is doing quite well for himself in WWE. Better better than he would ever do if he would have been signed as a wrestler. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's good for him. I love it. I think it's great. And he doesn't have to beat up his body to do it. So awesome. So happy for him. It's good stuff. Recently released WWE wrestler Steve Cutler, known under his real name as Steve Macklin, is coming to Impact Wrestling. During this week's Impact on Access broadcast, a vignette was aired announcing Macklin coming to the promotion. Macklin was released from WWE earlier this year and had been with the company for over seven years, making his way from NXT to the main roster as a member of that tag team nobody can remember the name of. Don't know. Alongside Wesley Blake and somehow still employed Jackson Riker, He's the only one employed out of the three. It's so sad and sick. (laughs) Macklin's significant other is current Knockouts champion, Deanna Purrazzo. 
Fuck, he's he's gonna be getting some good table scraps. Damn right. <sighs> Boy, that blew my mind when I heard you say, uh, "Been with the company for over seven years." What the? Where was he? Blake and Murphy on the fucking on NXT. That goes all the way back to Alexa that's, Bliss. That's Wesley you know? Blake, though. That has nothing to do with Steve Cutler. Oh wait. <laughs> He's right. not Murphy or Blake. <laughs> what, what, what did he do? I, that's what I'm saying. What the fuck was he doing? I don't know. He wasn't on TV, apparently. Motherfucker was serving hors d'oeuvres over in the uh, catering area. Him and Eric <laughs> Bischoff must have been close. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you know, we mentioned uh, WWE and AEW, and you know what? Let's just let's call out the, the wrestling business in general. Nepotism, man. It's strong in pro wrestling, and uh, I would I would dare say Steve Cutler probably wouldn't be an impact right now if it weren't for his woman. Yeah, probably not. Um, or if he was, he wouldn't be getting vignette treatment, right? Like, why why is Steve Cutler getting vignettes? Yeah, no, I don't I don't get it. I, I wasn't able to watch this week's Impact yet, so I'll have to I'll have to go online and at least watch his vignette and see what the deal is. But yeah. Whoever okayed giving Steve Cutler vignettes, <laughs> I hope that they have gotten a at least a, at least a verbal that Deanna is resigning. I mean, let's it's make it hard, worth it. It's hard for me to get over the fact that the two the two who didn't do nothing wrong are gone, and Jackson Riker's still in WWE. It's disgusting, but you know Vince McMahon never fails to disgust me. Uh, uh, Pasty, I think we need to uh, kind of hurry up here, surprisingly. Yeah. And knock out two. Yes, that's right. Two predictions for this weekend. First, we start off with NWA when our shadows fall. They skin that's their knees. too long for a pay-per-view. Uh, it's words. shorter than double or nothing. It is, but it's probably more letters. No, it's it's... It's less letters, but more words. I don't know. Either way, it's it's, <laughs> it's four words, but I, I think it's less than double or nothing. Nonetheless, I hear you. I like that they're coming up with new titles, though. They're not rehashing old titles. Good for them. I don't know what When Our Shadows Falls means, but, you know, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. It's, Go a, lyric. <laughs> it's a lyric that old Billy Corgan wrote. <laughs> you know what? It very well could be. <laughs> And the band rejected the song, so he's like, like it's a pay-per-view it. now. <laughs> uh well pasty, we're gonna see uh we're gonna see a lot on this one, surprisingly. Some good stuff, yeah. some new people, some old favorites. Um it actually if you tune in this weekend and watch it, you may think that you're uh back in like two thousand seven WWE kind of stands out a little bit there, uh for all the shit people give impact at AEW. With that being said, though, uh, we got a non-title grudge match. NWA TV champion The Pope takes on Tyrus. What do you think, Pasty? You never bet against the Pope. I'm going with the Pope. You know, it's maybe it's just me, but anytime that I see non-title, I just go for the guy who's not the champion. I know, and I thought about that, and then I'm <laughs> like, well, why as a booker, then wouldn't you still have the champion win? Psychology. 
It makes more sense. I don't like when champions lose non-title matches because it makes them look weak. Yeah. So uh, I, I like your thinking. Cyrus ain't nobody to look weak over. I don't know. Right. That's Funkadactyl, right? That is the old, well, Funkasaurus. The dactyls were the chicas. Yeah. Yeah, he's a saurus. He, he's a thesaurus. He could probably use one. I don't think he's very well read. But you're picking him anyway, huh? Yeah, like I said, a non-title. That's big fucking neon sign to me that says you're dumb not to pick this guy. No offense, Pacey. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm definitely going tires. Don't drop the soap around the Pope. <laughs> then we go into our next match. It's a tag team match. Seeing Thunder Rosa and Molina taking on Kylie Ray and Taryn Terrell. This one's going to be fun. I'm excited for this match just because I'm mad at Kylie still. So I'm excited <laughs> to see Thunder Rosa and Molina kick her fucking Whoop ass. ass. <laughs> Retired bitch. Knock that smile <laughs> off your face. Yeah, you know, you got two, um, I, I wouldn't say veterans, but you got two just established powerhouses in Thunder Rosa and Molina. Oh, wait, I got to backpedal here a second. And get this right in my brain. Yeah. Kylie Ray went to AEW, had a mental thing, and retired. AEW, went to Impact, Correct. had a mental thing, and retired. Correct. And is now an NWA. Correct. I don't know how we missed that news. She's not signed to NWA. She's just trying that she's... hard to get to WWE that she's like, <laughs> I gotta quit all these other companies to prove to Vince that there's only one. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I, Why um, are companies still hiring her? That's what I, that's what I was going to say. And as far as I know, I'm, my understanding is she is not contracted to NWA. So maybe that's not a bad thing. Don't put a title on her. Don't put her in any major storylines and see how, uh, how she appears mentally stable or not and go from there. Cause she is a good talent when she's, when she's working, uh, she's got the charisma. She's got the in-ring work. It'll be, it'll, and, and you know, you look at this and Taryn Terrell is a heel. Melina and Thunder Rosa are faces. So she's coming in on a heel team. So that's going to be interesting too, how they work. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's going to be very I mean, interesting. she is a heel at this point, though. I mean, naturally, she has. To. Right, right. Just in real life. <laughs> at the least in the business. business. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> With that being said, though, uh, definitely see Rosa like and Melina. Kylie Ray and Enzo Amore should be in a tag team together. Probably. <laughs> Dude, Rosa and Melina are going to be an outstanding tag team, and I hope they do a lot more than just this. But this Super is excited to see them. And they're winning. Yeah, they're they're winning. Hands down. If anybody assumed we were going to pick the other team, I don't know how you got that from what we all just said. Up next, we Ooh. got WWE 2013. JTG <laughs> taking on Fred Rosser. Yes, Darren Young. Darren, no longer young, young. Yes, I like this. I, I haven't seen JTG wrestle in a long time. So You know, I think I even went went off and said this shortly after Shad went away, but he's the only one I liked out of crime time. So Yeah, I'm he was. A, mm-hmm. 
Back I didn't even really watch wrestling a lot back in that that time period. Right. But I played the games, and my wrestler always ended up having JTG's entrance. <laughs> He's got a good entrance, if nothing he else. Does. He does. He's got energy. Uh, <laughs> so where are you at on this one? Oh, man, on JTG all the way. JTG. Well, you know, this one I went back and forth on because... It's like, who are they pandering to more? And you know what? It's been a while since Shad died. But by gum, if we didn't just start Pride Month, I'm going with Fred Rossi. Yeah, okay. That's smart. That is smart. That's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it, when, when I first read it, I was like, oh, JTG, because they're doing it for Shad. And then I'm like, wait a second. So is, Fred Rossi's got to be his, like, legitimate name, right? I believe that's, yeah, I believe that's his shoot name. Because that would not be the name I pick for for my wrestling career, right? Yeah, I think that's a shooting name. But Let me look it up real being, quick. Being like the first uh, superstar of his era to come out as as gay and face the repercussions of it, it makes sense that he would just want to be himself. Uh, ooh, you know what? It, it it is his real name, but his full name is so much better. Is Frederick it? Douglas Rosser the Third. Frederick Douglass, huh? Frederick Douglick, Douglass Rosser the Third. Nice. I would go with that. Hell yeah. That screams heel, though, but I like it anyways. King of the Ring, baby. You. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So that's I'd say that's that's what we get there. So much fucking nostalgia rush going to my brain right now. I can't even handle it. Yep, and that's why they're giving you a break, Pasty, with some fresh names and faces <laughs> coming up here. Yes, it's a tag team four-way. Seeing the end, Otison and Pero versus Sam Rudo and Sal Renaro versus Marsh Rocket and Slice Boogie versus La Rebellion Amaria. Bestia say 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 and Mecha Wolf four fifty. I'm I'm assuming I'm supposed to say it. Cuatro, <laughs> cuatro cinco cero, cinco cero. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they they're definitely giving us a a look at the future, the up and comers. Um, I'll be at Bestia say 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 is not definitely an up and comer, but he's newer he's to American audiences. You know, yeah. For sure. Uh, same with Slice Bo- Boogie. I'd say he's definitely not an up-and-comer, but he hasn't gotten a lot of time in the, the big leagues. This one's going to be fun. This one's really going to be fun. Um, Sam Rudo and Sal Renaro, I don't know much of. They're 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 a pair of Brits. Um, I always like watching Brits. They're good at wrestling. But I think, I think having these... These luchadors, especially the Rudos that they are. No offense, Sam Rudo. <laughs> These guys could definitely help propel NWA and get a different audience in there. And I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be good. I'm going with La Rebellion Amaria. It's a nice pick. I was thinking about picking them, but you picked them. And I was like, hmm. I like I like the names Marsh Rocket and Slice Boogie, so I'm going with Boogie Rocket. Slice Boogie. I'm going into this match relatively blind. You know, I know I know of Bestia Say Say Say. 
Yeah, but you know, it, it, they're kind of coming into this match uh, all on a clean slate also, so it could almost go anywhere. I mean, I don't think any of them have a, a rich history with NWA, so I think it's kind of an anything-can-go yeah. atmosphere, really, which is which makes it more fun. I mean, they, they don't have to live up to any expectations. They don't have to do anything in a certain way or please anybody. They just need to go out there and make themselves fucking look good. Hell yeah. And I think all eight of these individuals are going to do that. Looking forward to it. Then, following that, we got some more tag teams on us here. We got NWA Tag Team Championship 3-Way of course, Aaron Stevens and J.R. Kratos, they got to come and defend their titles, their newly won titles, against the War Kings, Jax Dane and Crimson, and NWA National Champion Chris Adonis, as well as Tom Latimer. Uh, Chris Adonis, another WWE throwback. You may remember him as old Chris Masters. So is Aaron Stevens. And Aaron Stevens, of course... Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers his time. At, I can't even think of what his name was there. But uh, Damien Sandow. Damien Sandow, that's but right. But that's not what people care about. It's Mizdow. The Mizdow. Fucking yeah. Mizdow was the shit. Oh, for sure. He was He was great. And as soon as he started getting over, WWE was like, fuck that. <laughs> We're squashing this shit. It was uh, sad. Very, very he was, sad. He was really good, though. I liked I liked his intellectual gimmick. Oh, I yeah. I mean, he's got the charisma. He's got the talent. He's got everything. I want to see I want to see Stevens versus Peter Avalon. I know that's like, a, <laughs> why would you want that? But they're very similar in in that sense. Yeah. 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 The, the characters are, are, are similar ish. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to argue that, buddy. I'll go with that. What do you think? Where are we going with this one? Oh, I'm going Stevens and Kratos. <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I. It's, it's a shot in the dark, but I think it's pretty safe to say the champions keep it. I honestly, not going to lie, I, I agree with you. Uh, they newly won. They're they're great, and Aaron Stevens is a really good face for the NWA as as a champion, any kind of uh-huh. champion. So I do agree with you. My money is on Aaron Stevens and J.R. Kratos keeping it, but something tells me NWA wants wants Crimson, and uh, <laughs> and Jax Dane is a big, not as tall as Crimson, but a big buff kind of dude that they can kind of make their own I'm going with I'm going with War Kings I, I, I just don't... didn't like the name War Kings because I assumed it was the name that was suggested for the Viking Raiders <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of the name War Kings either <laughs> I don't think Chris Adonis or Tom Latimer are have any tag team length in them they're both singles so yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna swing for defenses. Go with War Kings, pasty. I dig it. I dig it. I haven't seen Chris Adonis in a long time. It'll be interesting to see what he looks like. The Master Lock. 
Uh, then we have the NWA Women's Championship on the line, seeing Serena D versus Camille. This one is going to be fun. Camille is way more talented than I think anybody expected her to be, or probably yeah. than she deserves to be. Uh, Camille is a Triple H is a Triple H girl. I could easily see Triple H picking her up. She's ripped. Yeah. Just fucking, you could see her on the cover of, uh, I forget what the bodybuilding magazine is, but you could see her on the cover of that. But muscle and fitness, there you go. Do you think Triple H and Stephanie fight much about how good he is at scouting women? (laughs) Probably. Oh, but you got Serena Deeb that I don't pay to you. You're not the biggest Deeb fan, but man, she's a veteran from way back who helped put real women's wrestling in, in the eyes of Americans and show them that women can be good or better than men. This is going to be so fun, but uh, Serena Deep keeps it. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of think so too. Um, you know, with, with Mickey James potentially being in the wind of everything, Camille, Nick Aldis doesn't really require her, She's good. She's really good. Don't get me wrong, but Serena Deeb is at a point right now where she's got to prove it and keep it. And and I'm going with Deeb. Agreed. And then we got the main event of the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, Nick Aldis and Trevor Murdoch going at it. What you think, Pasty? Oh, I'm going Aldis. This one was so fucking tough for me. I literally flipped a coin, um, but I'm going with Aldis. I could easily see Murdoch. Yeah, Nick Aldis has had it for so long too. It's like he's, he's got to lose it, it sometime. So long, now, that but... just means it's going to take somebody so special to take it off, right? But Murdoch is a very. When I look at Trevor Murdoch, I'm like, God, that guy, that guy's NWA man. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm going Nick Aldis. Oh, hey, Steve, we do got a tiebreaker here. It's a pretty uh, loose one, but it's it's what we had to go with uh, since NWA is kind of restarting all over again. With so many former WWE talents on the card and so many recent WWE releases, Pasty, do we see another former WWE talent show up who isn't already announced for the card? What do you say? I'm going to say no. I think Mickey James would be the next one you'd see, and hers, she's still got two months to sit, so... Right. So with that being said, I'm going to go with yes. And uh, whew, we got like five minutes to knock out this Dominion and wrap okay. up the show, Pasty. So um, Let's do it. Might have to just go. We're going to have to go gangland style here, buddy. Let's rock it. Uh, starting off Dominion with the never open weight six man tag team championships Chaos, Yoshihashi, Hiroki Goto, and Tomohiro Ishii. Versus Los Ingobernables, Dave Hopone, Tetsuya Naito, Sonata, and Bushi. Who you got? Uh, Chaos keeping the championships. Yeah, I'm going LIJ because I love them. Nah, you can never go wrong doing that. Uh, then we got the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. El Desperado defending his title against one half of Roppongi T2K. Yo. Yeah, El Desperado is going to beat his ass. Yeah. Full show. <laughs> Yo is staying with show as a tag team. Yeah. 
<laughs> I've got I got El Desperado as well. Yes. Then we got Kota Ibushi versus Jeff Cobb. Oh, you got your uh, you got your light flyer and and hold specialist against your big beast and suplex king. This is a, like I said last week. This is either going to be a a mesh of styles that doesn't work, or it's going to be awesome. Either way, I'm going with Mister SPLX Jeff Cobb. Yes, I'm going with Ibushi because I like him. Toda. IWGP Tag Team Championships Dangerous Techers Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi defending their titles against former champions Gorilla of Destiny. I'm going with God uh, not because I like him but because Dangerous Techers is a really stupid name. It is a stupid name but God they're a good team. Um, I'm going with Dangerous Techers. They're, They're too fucking good. They're not losing the titles right now. Not that I don't love Gorillas of Destiny, because I do. And I hope they get those titles back soon. They will, right now. They could. (laughs) They're going to. I'm going to get the point. Then we have the match for the vacant IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, seeing Kazuchika Okada versus Shingo Takagi. This would be a great place to put over Shingo and let him start uh, his his new chapter in IWGP and New Japan, but uh, fuck, I gotta go with Okada. How do you not? Oh, I gotta, yeah, exactly. You gotta have it because it's vacant now. And 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 uh, my tiebreaker pick makes a lot of sense why Okada would pick this up. So, yeah. Okada! So, tiebreaker. Is there some kind of uh, non-finish in the main event where the IWGP Championship remains vacant and neither Okada or Takagi walk away with the championship at the end of this pay-per-view? Basie? Daniel Bryan! (laughs) I don't think that it makes the IWGP Championship remain vacant, but I think Okada versus Daniel Bryan is probably your next match. So what's your answer for the tiebreaker? Um, I guess because I said Daniel Bryan, it doesn't make sense if I say no. So I'll say yes. <laughs> I'll just say yes. You're saying yes, it does remain vacant? Yeah, I will. Just because the Daniel Bryan thing. I don't know. I don't want to. <laughs> I'm confused. Let's end the show. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm not following your logic, yeah. but if you're going with yes, I'm going with no. Maybe Daniel Bryan shows up and it remains vacant because of it. And he costs, yeah, he can cost them the the match. That would the be American weird Dragon and, and not very Daniel Bryan like. But oh, it'd be great for the American Dragon to come in as a heel. Come on, he's so it's he's cool a, when Daniel Bryan does it, but when Cody does it, everybody fucking throws their hands up. Well, Cody's <laughs> doing it as an American in America. If Cody Rhodes comes in as a Gaijin into a. Uh, a Japanese company, yeah, of course he could be a good feel. <laughs> the invading, the invading American. I love it. I think that's awesome. Whew. I think that good wraps shit. her up. Man, two weeks in a row, we thought we were going to have a short show. We ended up hitting it out of the park. Yes, we did. Well, with that being said, folks, we'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Love, spread it like cancer.